You're listening to Michael Easley in Context. I'm your host, Hannah Seymour, and today I am in the studio with Michael Easley, but while you're listening to this, he is very much in Israel. How can you be at two places at once? Yeah, I was just going to say, how does time travel feel, Dad? <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, last week we started a series of a tour through Israel on In Context, and we first visited Caesarea, and today we are headed to a beautiful spot, actually one of my maybe top five favorite places of the tour, Caesarea Philippi. So about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, there's three tributaries that come in to feed the Jordan River. And Caesarea Philippi has this spring that comes out of this incredible rock. It's like a cave. Mm -hmm. So think of looking at a large rock face with this big U-shaped opening, typical cave, and this water just streams out. And the Ministry of Tourism has built these rock kind of levees. So when the water comes out, it's not very deep, but it's just a gorgeous setting. Mm -hmm. And so the locals, the Israelis, will go up there and they'll picnic lunch the weekend. It's a beautiful place. There's picnic tables. There's little places you can buy food. You can play in the water all day. Mm -hmm. So it's a gorgeous area, especially when the weather gets warm. And a lot happens in Scripture that is set in Caesarea Philippi. Mm. So one of the reasons I think that Caesarea Philippi was so powerful for me was the amazing word picture we see. And, of course, you're about to go into so much more detail on this. But Jesus telling Peter who he is, I call you Peter, and on this rock you will build my church. And as you are explaining this while we're in Israel, the backdrop to this whole conversation where Jesus and Peter were is this giant rock. The country is one giant rock pile. There's rocks everywhere. If you want to plant a vineyard or a garden, you got to move a lot of rocks. Mm -hmm. But as you go north, the shelf of the area is a giant rock with very little indigenous green trees and whatnot on it. And so Caesarea Philippi is this massive stone that comes out of the ground with this spring that comes out. And so, you know, in antiquity, these are places you went. You went to the spring. You went Mm -hmm. to the lake. You didn't go to the desert. Right. (laughs) You didn't go hang out. Hey, let's go sweat and suffer and be dehydrated in the wilderness. They went to areas where water. They went to areas where shade, areas where things grew. And so Caesarea Philippi is a magnet. And again, as I'll explain in a few minutes why it's called Caesarea Philippi, but it goes way back before the time of Christ and to the Greek gods Pan or Banius or Panius. And that's why sometimes the name is slurred. When you see the street signs in Israel, you'll see all three words, Banius, Panius, mm-hmm. and Caesarea Philippi, yep, because different cultures will call it something different. Right. And so the gloss in our language is a little bit illustrated there. But it's a gorgeous setting that we, in fact, know Christ took his 12 closest friends to teach him something, the always deliberate, the always intentional Jesus. He, it wasn't like, oh, by the way, let's go, right. let's go hang out at Caesarea Philippi. He took them there for a very specific reason. Well, because it is God's will for you to go to Israel, <laughs> another place we're going to take you or that you should visit is Caesarea Philippi. Now, we've talked about Caesarea in a prior broadcast. But this is a different area in the northern part of the country called Caesarea Philippi. Its name is a tribute to Caesar, but it's also Herod the Great's son, Philip. So he establishes this capital, and he names it Caesarea to honor the emperor. It's also known as Caesarea Philippi, or Philip Caesarea, 
to distinguish it from the big port harbor that's on the Mediterranean Sea. Now, it's a beautiful place. In fact, you can think of it as a state park. And locals from the area, we would say, take their weekend holiday, or they would go to the Lake District of Galilee. Many will go up north to Caesarea Philippi because there's a beautiful picnic ground and a beautiful spring that never stops. The area is also called Panius or Banius, and that's because certain different ethnic groups could not pronounce the word the same way. Panius and Banius have an etymology that goes back to a bird known as a cyrex that made a noise, a throat kind of chirping noise. If you're old enough to remember the Hercules cartoons, there was a cyrex creature there, a pan. And sometimes it was half goat, half man, half some kind of animal, half man. And he played a flute, depending on that particular illustrator's view of what pan was like. When you first approach Banius, Panius, or Caesarea Philippi, you walk past this large spring, and then in the rock face, you see these naves that were carved hundreds of years ago, and these little god idols of Banius, or Pan, were placed in these naves. And so because of the area being a beautiful area, because of the spring coming out of this rock and all these naves, there's history that goes way back into 197 BC during the intertestamental period times. Well, during the life of Christ, a number of events occur there. Again, it's probably the farthest north Jesus ever traveled. In Matthew 16, we read about Caesarea Philippi and an event that happens there that we're going to call a confessional, a Christian confessional. Listen to how Matthew records it. Verse 13, Matthew 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say? that the Son of Man is. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. And he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. Now, why did Jesus take them to Caesarea Philippi? A couple of observations. Number one, all of Israel is rock-laden. It's a very rocky country, whether you're in the desert area or even in the fertile areas. You've got to move rocks to grow crops, to deal with livestock. Rocks just cover the entire area. But in Caesarea Philippi, there's a rock face that's enormous. And out of this rock face where this spring comes, even to this day, these naves, these grottos were carved for this idolatry. So Jesus is taking them up to this northern part of the country on this giant rock face, and he asks them a question. Who do people say that I am? They give a few answers. And then he turns up the heat. Who do you say that I am? And of course, Simon Peter's answer is to declare he's the Christ. Jesus then explains, you didn't come up with that on your own, Peter. My father revealed that to you, and you're blessed. And then he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So first of all, the confession 
Peter makes a confession. He says, you're the Christ. We think of confession as confessing our sins, but technically a confession, think of it as a confessional. You're making a proclamation of something you believe. So if you confess Jesus Christ with your mouth, if you say, I believe in something, you're making a confessional. And historically, Christians have written confessionals that are declarations of what we believe. Well, Peter's confession is that you're the Christ. Secondly, when Jesus comments on this, that he attributes it to God telling Peter, not Peter coming to his own conclusion, he then reinforces it and he renames him. And he says, you are Petros, you're Peter. His name was Cephas. He's renaming him like a nickname, Petros. And upon this Petra, I will build my church. It's a word play. In a way, we'd say, Peter, you're like a small stone, but I'm going to build my church on this massive bedrock. So there they are standing on this massive bedrock, this massive rock face called Caesarea Philippi, with this water coming out of the spring at the base of this mountain of rock. He says, you're a rock, but I'm talking about bedrock. I'm going to build my church on this bedrock. So the wordplay is, Peter, based on your confessional that God the Father told you that I'm the Christ, I'm going to build my church on that confessional, on that big bedrock. You are a little rock, we might say, and I'm going to build my church on this rock, this enormous rock, probably referring to himself but giving them a visual image of where they were at the time that I don't think the disciples would ever forget. Third, later on, this becomes the area of the transfiguration. More than likely, the area of Caesarea Philippi, where three of the disciples are taken away, Peter, James, and John, and they witness Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So Caesarea Philippi is a beautiful area. It's a giant rock face, laced in great history, the confession of Peter, Jesus' comment about building his church there. And one more detail, when Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, that the gates of Hades will not overpower it. When you stand near that rock face of Caesarea Philippi, you see a spring. And that spring had a lore about it. Water in the ancient world was considered the home of the demonic, the realm of evil. And so more than likely, there's another layer going on here. He's saying, you're Peter. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades, which probably was right behind them, what the ancients thought was the area from where hell originated, the waters that came out of this spring, the idolatry of the past with all the gods of Pan and Banias in the rock nave. He says, this isn't going to stop it. So it's an interesting area of contrast, an area of rock that shows his bedrock nature of building the church on his name, on his work. The area of where the ancients feared evil, they feared water, they feared what lurked underwater. And Jesus takes them to that rock face and says, look, I'm going to build the church. You'll be part of it. Nothing's going to stop it. Not even what the ancients feared. It came and lurked from the water of Hades. The gates of Hades won't overpower it. And then I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be able to teach people as the apostolic authorities that I'm going to make you. You're going to teach them what it means to know this Christ. Well, that's Caesarea Philippi. And before your time is done, you need to make a trip to see it for yourself. This is Michael Easley in Context. 
If you'd like information on traveling to Israel with Michael in 2018 or 2019, send us an email at info at michaelincontext.com with the subject line, Israel. After all, it is God's will for your life to go to Israel.